Well, I want to thank you today for joining us at the Design to Lead Leadership Podcast, where we are helping you unleash your leadership potential. I'm your host, Casey Johnson, and you are listening to episode number two. All right, welcome back to the podcast today. I am really, really excited about this particular podcast today, man. I'm thankful for the subject matter that we're going to be talking about today. I feel like it's going to be really beneficial to you as a leader. Uh, At least I pray that it does. And uh, I want to make a statement. And here's the statement. I want you to take this to heart this morning as we kind of segue into the content today. When it comes to leadership, We know that leadership never happens in a bubble. Leadership actually happens when someone determines that they're going to influence other people toward a desired destination. Remember, we talked about last time that leadership is influence. And so we're not leading people if we're not having desire inside of us to influence those other people. But we have to understand that leadership never happens in a bubble. And so if we're going to be a leader in a ministry or an organization, we're going to have to learn, watch this, we're going to have to learn to deal with people. And I'm convinced that this is one of the most difficult parts of leadership, but it is also one of the most important parts of leadership. If you can't deal with people correctly, it's going to be extremely hard for you to be a successful leader. But the good news is that I think that everyone can learn how to deal with people better. And so today what I want to do is I want to spend our time talking about what I call the people dynamic. And so here's what I mean when I say the people dynamic. It is the effect on a ministry or organization or a system that is brought about by the influence of other people. Every ministry and every organization is affected by people. Every successful leader acknowledges that people are a part of the process and have a significant effect on their organization. Therefore, they also understand that the people dynamic must be managed correctly or else it could do extreme harm to the organization or the process that the organization has instituted. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about three ways the people dynamic can affect our ministry, our organization, and then I want to give you some of the answers to the difficulties of dealing with the people dynamic. So let's jump in with three ways people can affect our ministry or organization. Number one, people affect our ministry or organization by the decisions that they make. As a leader, we remember that we are training other people to make decisions that will add value to the organization and move it forward, which is our job as leaders However, we also stay keenly aware that the decisions of others within the organization have a huge impact on what we are doing and where we are going. Other people's decisions, listen to this, they can advance the cause or they can hinder the cause. 
And so you and I as leaders have to be very, very aware of the decisions that other people in our organization are making because those decisions affect the ministry or the organization. Number two, people affect the ministry or organization by the personalities that they possess. Not everyone has a good personality, nor does everyone have the same personality. And if you are going to lead a ministry or organization, you will quickly realize that people have different personalities. And dealing with these different personalities can sometimes create chaos because of the conflict between the conversation styles, the communication styles, the opinions, and the methodologies. And if we as leaders are going to effectively lead a group of people, we're going to have to study each person's personality and begin to develop a strategy of how to bring unity within those different personalities. Why? Because we know that personalities of people affect our organization and our ministry. So we see the decisions they make affect us, the personalities that they possess affect us, but then we also see that the effort they put forth affects the ministry or organization. So people's effort that they put forth affects the ministry or organization. Effort is the action of the people to move the ministry or organization forward. The amount of effort put forth by each person has an impact on how well the organization or the ministry grows. People's efforts can either hinder growth or their efforts can catapult growth. But every person's effort has an impact on the organization or ministry because every person's effort always affects someone within the organization or someone the organization is trying to reach. And so as leaders, we have to be aware of the effort of others because it will affect what we do and how we do it. So sometimes the people dynamic can be the undoing of an organization. The decisions, the personalities, and the effort of others play a major role in the success of any organization or ministry. And this reality causes many leaders, listen to this, it causes many leaders to avoid creating a team or giving responsibility to others. Now I'm going to make a statement. I want you to hear this, and I believe that you will agree with me that this is true in a lot of situations. The answer to dealing with the people dynamic is not to do everything yourself. Listen, I know it would be so much easier to do everything yourself, but that wouldn't be leadership. That would be trying to lead within a bubble, and leadership does not happen in a bubble. And so the answer to the people dynamic is not to do it yourself. And so what we see is there are answers to how we can deal with the difficulties of the people dynamic. So I want to give you four answers to dealing with the difficulties of the people dynamic. The first one is this, choose the right people. You want to make sure that you choose the right people to serve in your ministry or work in your organization. You want to choose people that have a good attitude. Nobody likes someone with a sour attitude. 
So choose people that have a good attitude. Choose people that have a heart for your ministry or, or your organization. The last thing you want to do is choose someone to volunteer or be a part of your ministry or organization that cannot stand your organization. You want someone who has a heart for it, has a passion for it. You want to also choose people that have a teachable spirit, those who can learn from other people, those who are not selfish, but they're a team player. You also want to make sure that you choose people that are faithful. One of the most uh, horrific things you can do is to hire a person or choose to use a person in your ministry or organization in a critical role that is not faithful. You want to make sure you choose faithful people. So the answer to that is if you're not faithful, then you're not going to lead anything in my organization. That's just a good way to do business. It's a good way to do ministry. So you want to make sure that you choose the right people. Secondly, when you choose the right people, you want to make sure you position the right people. Positioning those you lead cannot be overemphasized. Having the right person in the wrong place is just as bad as having the wrong person, period. Everyone is gifted at something and they will function best in their place of giftedness. And so you want to help them find that particular place of giftedness, put them in it, and watch them thrive. John Maxwell wrote this, The wrong person in the wrong place equals regression. The wrong person in the right place equals frustration. The right person in the wrong place equals confusion. The right person in the right place equals progression. The right people in the right places equals multiplication. And so you want to make sure that you choose the right people, you want to position the right people, and then you want to train the right people. Listen to this passage of scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some teachers for what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, in that passage of scripture, we see that God has appointed certain people who have certain gifts to certain places, and he equips them Uh, He uses them to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So if God thought it was good enough to give the church leaders in order to train and equip others, then it only makes sense that we would imitate that process. So we want to choose the right people. We want to position the right people. And then we want to train those people who are positioned correctly. And then the last thing that we want to do is we want to multiply the right people. All right? So choose the right people, train them up, place them in the right positions, and then listen, when we get them in the right places, that's going to lead to multiplication of the right people. Multiplication always occurs when someone decides to invest and equip in someone else who then duplicates that process. This is very, very important. We want to choose people to be leaders that are going to that are going to equip other leaders so that we can enter into a process called multiplication. This is an age-old principle. John Maxwell wrote about this in his 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership years ago. Here's what he says. Leaders who develop followers grow their organization only one person at a time. 
But leaders who develop leaders multiply their growth because for every leader they develop, they also reach all of that leader's followers. Add 10 followers to your organization and you have the power of 10 people. Add 10 leaders to your organization and you have the power of 10 leaders times all of their followers and leaders they influence. That's the difference between addition and multiplication. It's like growing your organization by teams instead of individuals. The better the leaders you develop, the greater the quality and quantity of followers. And so what we want to do is we want to enter in to the idea of multiplying the right people. So watch this. Here's how we answer the people dynamic. It's not by doing everything ourselves. But it is by choosing the right people, positioning the right people, training the right people, and multiplying the right people. Now picture that in your mind. You've got these right people in the right places. So here's the next question. How do we help those right people become the best that they can be? All right. Let me give you seven or eight things you can do to help the right people become the best that they can be. Number one you can set clear expectations for them. You you need to make sure that they understand the expectations that you have of them. You want to make sure they know the mission, the vision, the core values, the roles that you have set out for them. Make sure that you don't leave them guessing what you want of them. Make sure you set clear expectations. Number two, you want to make sure that you are familiar with their learning style. Remember, people learn differently. Some people learn in an uh, auditory uh, manner. Some people learn from visuals. Some people learn from kinesthetics. Some people learn from reading and writing. And you want to make sure that you are aware of each leader's learning style so that you can maximize your communication to that leader. Number three, you want to be familiar with the way that they receive instruction. Man, I can't tell you how important this is. Not every person in your leadership team is going to receive instruction the same way. And it is incumbent upon you as a leader to make sure you truly understand how each person receives instruction so that you can maximize communication. Number four, you want to make sure that you help them see the why before the how. Certainly there are going to be steps that need to be taken to get you to the place that you want to go. But in order for you to get to that place, you want to make sure that you help your leaders understand why you are trying to go there before you tell them how they are going to get you there. Number five, you want to help them see themselves as the biggest cheerleader for their cause. Listen, I'm a pastor of a church, and I realize this may not apply to everybody listening to this podcast, but as the pastor of my church, I understand that I am the biggest cheerleader at my church. I have the pulpit. I have the the audience's attention more than anybody. And so I have to be the biggest cheerleader for my organization. Number six, you have to help people capitalize on momentum. Listen, when your leaders discover a win and they lead to a win, you want to celebrate that win. And you also want to help them capitalize on the momentum of that win, right? That's going to help them and, and, and their leadership and their faith in leadership And it's going to help your organization move forward as well. All right, number seven, I believe it is. You want to encourage them to continue learning. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure who made this quote, but it was a good one. Uh, I would claim it if it wasn't written somewhere, but here's the quote. It says, if you're not learning, you're not leading. And I really believe that. I believe that every leader needs to continue to learn. And you can learn by reading. You can learn by listening to others. You can learn by watching other people. But we have to make sure that we encourage those that we are investing in, those leaders, to continue learning. Number eight, we want to help them be disciplined enough to invest in other people. See, we've got to help people that we're training and we're investing in, we're discipling. We've got to help them understand that they need to be disciplined enough to invest in others as well. I go and uh, preach a pastor's conference in Honduras nearly every year. And one of the things that intrigues me about the Honduran pastors that come to our conferences is if you give them blank pieces of paper, they will write down every word that you say in the conferences And the reason they do that is because they have every intent of going back to their church and teaching the church everything that you taught them. And so we have to teach leaders to do that, to be disciplined enough to invest in other people the things that they have been taught. And then number nine, we need to help them be grateful for the opportunity to lead. There is nothing worse than having an ungrateful leader because then they're going to pass that ungratefulness on to other people. So you want to make sure that you teach them how to be grateful for the very opportunity that they have to lead. So listen to this. The people dynamic can be tricky to navigate. There's no doubt about that because we are all different. We all have our own ideas. However, if you will embrace the differences and learn how to lead the different people to become leaders themselves, the people dynamic will provide multiplied growth to your ministry and your organization. So I hope and pray that this has helped you just a little bit today, maybe something that would add value to your ministry or organization. Understand that the people dynamic has an extreme effect on everything that you do as a ministry organization, but you can navigate the people dynamic by choosing the right people, positioning the right people, training the right people, and multiplying the right people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. We hope and pray that this content has added value to your leadership If you would, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, leave a review, anything that you can do to help us get the word out about our podcast, we would certainly appreciate that. We want to thank you so much for listening today, and we will see you next time.